On this week's edition of New York Now, claims of sexual harassment against Governor Cuomo are found to be credible in a bombshell report from the state AG's office. We'll have details. Then, Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins joins us with her reaction and what's next if Cuomo does not resign. And later, Bernadette Hogan from the New York Post and our own Daryl Camp join me to hash it all out. I'm Dan Clark, and this is New York Now. Welcome to this week's edition of New York Now. I'm Dan Clark. The other shoe has finally dropped in Albany. After five months of waiting, the Attorney General's office released its much-anticipated report on Governor Andrew Cuomo and the multiple women who've accused him of sexual harassment. And usually this doesn't end well for most politicians, particularly in New York. You'll remember that former Attorney General Eric Schneiderman resigned within just hours of being accused of sexual misconduct. And about a decade before, former Governor Elliot Spitzer left office after a prostitution scandal. So this isn't the first time a politician in New York has found themselves ousted over their behavior toward women. And now Governor Andrew Cuomo may be next in line. Take a look. Disturbing, appalling, repulsive. Those are just a few of the words used this week to describe Governor Andrew Cuomo's alleged behavior towards several women who accused him of sexual harassment this year. And those claims were found to be credible this week in a bombshell report from the state attorney general's office. Attorney General Letitia James. The independence investigation found that Governor Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, many of whom were young women, by engaging in unwanted groping, kisses, hugging, and by making inappropriate comments. Investigators spoke to 179 people over the course of the five-month investigation, including Governor Cuomo, and reviewed more than 74,000 pieces of evidence. All of that boiled down to one conclusion, that Cuomo had broken both state and federal laws related to sexual harassment. Ann Clark is one of the independent attorneys hired to handle the investigation. The governor routinely interacted with women in ways that focused on their gender, sometimes in explicitly sexualized manner, in ways that women found deeply humiliating and offensive. Both federal and state law prohibit gender-based harassment in the workplace. And investigators released hundreds of pieces of evidence to back up those claims, like emails, text messages, photos, and more. Like how top staff in Cuomo's office leaked the personnel records of Lindsay Boylan to reporters after she publicly accused the governor of sexual harassment. Boylan, who worked in the Cuomo administration, has said the governor touched her inappropriately and often made crude remarks at work, like a quip about playing strip poker. And records show that after Boylan came forward, Cuomo's top aides considered spreading a conspiracy theory that she was secretly working with Republicans to take down Cuomo and Clark again. A team of senior staffers, former staffers, and outside confidants with no official title or role mobilized to attack and try to neutralize Ms. Boylan by sharing disparaging information with the press. A second woman, Charlotte Bennett, 
accused the governor of similar behavior, saying he started a series of inappropriate conversations with her at work. According to Bennett, the governor asked her in detail about her sex life, including her experience as a sexual assault survivor, if she'd ever been with older men, and more. But when she reported that to her supervisors, they transferred her to another job and let the claims slide. She later quit altogether. June Kim is another attorney hired to handle the investigation. And then he came on to me. I was scared to imagine what would happen if I rejected him. So I disappeared instead. My time in public service ended because he was bored and lonely. It still breaks my heart. That's a quote from a text that Ms. Bennett wrote. And that behavior spread to Cuomo's inner circle, the report said. A state trooper assigned to his personal detail said Cuomo touched her inappropriately several times, including once when he ran his finger down her back and other times when he asked to kiss her. But she didn't report that behavior because she feared retaliation at work. And she wasn't alone. June Kim again. The coexistence in the executive chamber, the executive chamber's culture of fear and flirtation, intimidation and intimacy, abuse and affection, created a work environment ripe for harassment. After the report went public Tuesday, Cuomo denied those claims, saying the report was the result of political bias against him and that evidence in his favor was left out. Today, we are living in a superheated, if not toxic, political environment. That shouldn't be lost on anyone. Politics and bias are interwoven throughout every aspect of this situation. Cuomo specifically addressed the claims made by Charlotte Bennett, saying he did speak to her about intimate moments in her life, but that she'd taken those questions the wrong way. I thought I could help her work through a difficult time. I did ask her questions I don't normally ask people. But with the report out, Cuomo is now at a crossroads. For now, he said he won't resign, despite mounting pressure to do so. Leaders in both Congress and the state legislature have now called on him to step down. And even President Joe Biden, who is considered a close Cuomo ally, called for the governor's resignation this week in response to the AG's report. What I said was, if the investigation of the attorney general concluded that the allegations are correct, that back in March, that I would recommend he resign. That's what I'm doing today. Cuomo's other option is to write out the Assembly's impeachment investigation in hopes that he can convince lawmakers to keep him around. Democrats in the Assembly met behind closed doors this week and unanimously agreed that Cuomo should no longer be in office. Assembly Speaker Carl Hastie said that in light of the report, lawmakers would wrap up the impeachment investigation as soon as possible. In a statement, he said, quote, it is abundantly clear to me that the governor has lost the confidence of the Assembly Democratic majority and that he can no longer remain in office. Once we receive all relevant documents and evidence from the attorney general, we will move expeditiously and look to conclude our impeachment investigation as quickly as possible. If Cuomo is impeached, the state constitution requires him to immediately step down, meaning Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul would take his place for the time being. Then the Senate would hold a trial and vote to either convict or acquit the governor. We don't know how fast that would happen, 
but Republicans say the Assembly should skip their investigation and move to impeach Cuomo immediately. Senate Republican leader Rob Ort. That is what we're calling on the New York State Assembly to move forward with those articles of impeachment, bring it to the for, as a trial for the Senate, and our conference will be back and is ready to come back immediately. But even if Cuomo leaves office, advocates for stronger sexual harassment laws say more should be done by the legislature to keep workers safe. Those conversations likely won't happen until January, when lawmakers are scheduled to return for the new legislative session. But in the meantime, they're now preparing to navigate New York's first impeachment of a governor in more than a century, if Cuomo doesn't resign. And we now know the Assembly's impeachment investigation is close to wrapping up. Lawmakers handling the probe gave Cuomo until next Friday to send them evidence that could exonerate him. But they also say that after, they'll be drawing up articles of impeachment that will probably be approved when they're ready. And it isn't any better for Cuomo in the Senate. Most lawmakers in the upper chamber now want to see Cuomo go after the AG's report. That includes Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who joined me this week with her reaction and what's ahead. Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, thank you so much for being here. It's always good to be with you. Thank you. So let's start with the Attorney General's report. It's obviously a very shocking report. I'm wondering when you read it on Tuesday and when you heard the announcement from the AG, what was going through your mind? What were you thinking? It was horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible. Uh, you know, as a woman, uh, as, as a woman who is in an environment where we know uh, women, I'm the first woman leader in the history of the state. So we know that in certain places, women don't don't show up easily. And to read and to, to hear these women in their own words, you know, wanting to be valued and wanting to be respected for the work that they've done and wanted to be seen as something other than just an object, you know, I really, really felt for them. And I must say, it's such tremendous courage to be able to come forward, especially under these circumstances. I mean, this was something that was quite deliberative. It was quite uh, comprehensive, uh, compelling, and frankly, just uh, sad. Obviously, after reading this, after hearing the testimony, after being very, very clear that the assembly is is uh, also, I mean, obviously, I called for the resignation before I knew what the assembly was doing. But at this point, uh, they uh, seem to be ready to draw up the articles of impeachment. So uh, I would hope, frankly, that uh, in light of all this, the governor resigned. It's 2021. We've done so much as it relates to sexual harassment and workplace safety. And uh, I, I just don't feel that this, it's appropriate to have to spend a lot of time uh, rehashing what the attorney general, again, uh, with in independent investigators have been able to ascertain as true. 11 women, it's, it's, it's really devastating. Yeah, after reading the report yesterday and the appendices, I can actually really see why this took five months. It was very, very comprehensive, very, very detailed, and had some legal analysis in it too. On the other side, the governor responded to the report yesterday and has said in recent weeks 
that this report and all the investigations against him right now have been politically motivated, both by the attorneys in the AG's office that worked on this, and he's also trying to call out lawmakers in the legislature and on the federal level, saying that their decision to call for his resignation is political. I imagine you do not feel that way, but how would you respond to that? Well, I think the facts speak for themselves. Uh, I don't want to live in a world where I suspect that everybody is doing something to everybody else only for their own personal motivation. It's certainly not the case uh, for, for the, most of the colleagues that I have. And again, we have an attorney general. We all said that the attorney general should investigate. We all believe that we would abide by the independent findings, or at least we respect the independent nature and the findings of the attorney general and, you know, go from there. So clearly we are at a place where, again, people, we have corroboration, we have emails, we have, we have com conversations. There are so many things that, uh, you know, one, of these allegations with all of that information standing by itself is too many. But when you have 11, uh, you know, I, I just can't believe that we are going to go down this path of uh, everybody's out to get uh, the governor. It's sure, it clearly is not the case. And again, you know, we have to respect the, the women who came forward. It's not easy. And it's, it's easy, I guess, for all of us to say we believe the women, but you know, not only do we have the women, but we also have the independent investigation and the corroboration. So I, I don't believe there's a lot of wiggle room here. There isn't any, frankly. And so I'm hoping, again, that we are able to move on with the important business of New York State. It looks like the next step in this is going to be the impeachment investigation and coming out with that and the possible impeachment of the governor. If that happens, the Senate has to hold a trial. Do you have a sense among your colleagues in your conference, at least, as to how they would vote? Because they would have to vote to convict or acquit the governor. And I know that depends on the charges of impeachment, but right. what's the sense of your conference right now? Well, again, uh, you're right. And, and just for your viewers who are, I'm sure are astute, but we kind of work the way the federal government works. So the assembly would prepare the articles of impeachment, and then it would come to the Senate, as well as the uh, seven judges from the Court of Appeal. And I will say, for full disclosure, I won't have a vote because uh, the during this process, the governor has to step aside, and the lieutenant governor, you know, essentially temporarily becomes governor, and I temporarily, uh, you know, I'm the lieutenant governor, so I don't have a vote. But from what my conference has said, during this time and certainly after this bombshell report, I believe there's like 32 or 33 members in my conference who have, who have called for the governor's resignation. So the uh, presentation of the trial information, obviously people will you know, go through that process, but my sense right now is that the vast majority of my conference wants this to be over because uh, we really do know the importance of focusing on the work for the people who sent us here. So if we do see Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul step into that governor role during all of this, what do you think about her as a leader? Do you think that she will do the job well, considering she's been under the governor for 
so I mean, a number of years now. What would you think about her in that leadership role? I think that she'd certainly be prepared. Uh, she knows, as as we all do, the importance of bringing stability to government. Uh, I said I have seen, I guess, three government governors in the time that I've been here since, since 2007, and we know that uh, the people need to feel like there's a sense of stability, and I think that, that Lieutenant Governor Hochul certainly brings that. Uh, she has done extensive traveling around the state, so I think she knows all, all the different parts of the, the state. And like I said, I've had an opportunity to work with her uh, during her tenure as Lieutenant Governor, and she's you know been to my district, and we've, we've had an opportunity, especially in women in leadership. Again, there's not a lot of us, so, so I've had an opportunity to develop a personal relationship with her. I'm sure she will do absolutely fine and uh, you know have the support because again, there are so many things that we really need to do. And that's why I think the, the more we could put you know, this, this uh, unfortunate chapter behind us and really focus on what New Yorkers need, the better off we'll be. There's just so many moving parts, and it's fascinating because the last impeachment in New York was more than a century ago. Yeah. So we almost have no precedent for this. It'll be really interesting to see, but we do have to leave it there. Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, thank you so much as always. It's always good to be with you. Stay well. So there's a lot to sort through here. Let's break it down with Bernadette Hogan from the New York Post and Daryl Camp, our own reporter. Thank you both for being here. Thanks. So... I think it's safe to say this week was very busy, very complicated. A lot of things happened. I think a little bit too much. I'm very tired. Burn. <laughs> what did you? What stood out to you in the AG's report? It's 170, 80 pages. There was a lot to go through, but what were the insights that you had there? Well, first of all, we had no idea this was coming on Tuesday. Yeah. Because Monday night, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal reported that the report was in its final stages and would likely come out within the next several weeks meaning the end of August. Right. And that was Monday night. Tuesday morning, a press release comes out at 7.30, and it says a, the Attorney General will make a very important announcement with no other details. And you and I were texting before the announcement, and I was like, no, it's not the report. There's no way it's I thought it was going to be another violence thing, where it's like, oh, we've cracked down on guns or something or again. Or a lawsuit, you yeah. know, like any of the other things that A.G. James does. Right, a multitude of options. However... I was texting sources in the attorney general's office and others around the office saying, hey, um, what's this about? Do I need to worry about this? Meaning, is this the big report that we've been waiting on for nearly six months? And no one was getting back to me, which is very odd. And that's a yes. telltale sign. So I was already actually driving down to New York City for another story because I'm Irish and somehow very lucky that way. I know, that's great. Right. And so it's <laughs> Eight in the morning, I'm at the top. I'm in the at the top of like the Bronx, and there's traffic, and I can either go to my exit or I can keep going straight into Midtown. And I text my boss and I say, you know what? I'm going to go to this press conference at 11 because I just have a bizarre feeling. Mm -hmm. So the attorney general ends up having this press conference at 11 a.m. I got confirmation just before that this was going to be the big report that we were all looking at. And she comes out with June Kim and Ann Clark, the two independent investigators that she tapped, and she says that the governor has been, that the allegations of 11 women, current and former staffers of sexual harassment against the governor have been deemed credible. And she said, I believe these women. And after that, it was the two investigators 
going not line by line, but section by section. Very detailed. Very detailed, um, describing toxic work environment, specific details. One of the most shocking um, revelations was the state trooper. That got me too. Because yep. that was very, that was something that we, we did not know this individual was a victim. And this is somebody that was assigned to protect the governor, um, working on his detail. And there are very graphic, there's graphic details about how he was touching her um, and her stomach and also other troopers corroborated That her. was the big thing. She exactly. had people that saw these events and those mm -hmm. people testified to the AG's attorneys and said, yes, this did happen. And I think mm -hmm. that's the clearest um, evidence that we have for it because have the other women do have evidence, obviously, but this was a state official, well, not an official, but a state employee and then other state employees backing her up. Exactly. Yeah. And it indicates a systemic issue, though. The thing that really jarred me about the state trooper, which also got me as well as far as the big takeaway, is the fact that this person was not qualified to serve on the governor's detail and was specifically reassigned seemingly at the request of the governor. And there's plausible deniability about whether or not it was, oh, we need more diversity on my detail or if it was self-serving as far as his uh, lustful interests allegedly so the fact that people are sort of in on it and they're aware of what's happening and by proxy supporting this activity means that this is not specifically an Andrew Cuomo problem this mm. is he's a symptom of a larger issue which is fear in the workplace generally as it relates to state government and we have a reputation in New York as being corrupt for a reason uh, yeah I think the sexual harassment piece of it Yes, the governor is accused of sexual harassment, but it's not a surprise that that's happening in Albany. Certainly, over the past decade, we've just seen several cases of that happening. And, you know, Vito Lopez is what people always go to. Going forward, the governor has not said clearly that he will not resign, but we do know that he is now cooperating with the assembly's impeachment probe, meaning he will most likely not resign this week or next week. It is Friday morning, so if he resigns this afternoon, I apologize. Bern, what do you think is going to happen? How is this going to play out? Right. Well, the assembly has now given him a week to produce evidence. See, they sent a letter to the governor's council saying you have until August 13th, next Friday, to produce additional documents in relation to our impeachment inquiry. And then after that, um, we're going to make a determination, et cetera. But they said they're nearing the nearing completion of their probe. And that's a pretty big deal, partially because everybody was there, there was there's a lot of criticism of the assembly's process. It's mm -hmm. very broad. It doesn't just uh, stick to the sexual harassment allegations. It also goes to the nursing home scandal with the data um, that reporters, individuals have been asking for for months and months. And now that's also subject of an ongoing Eastern District of New York um, investigation. Right. People get confused about this because mm -hmm. the the DOJ, the U.S. DOJ, said that they dropped the nursing home probe. They, not that they dropped it, but they never pursued it as a civil rights action. Right. But we still have that criminal investigation in the Eastern District down in Brooklyn. And I just want to make that clear because people often think, well, now he's not being investigated by the, the federal government at all. Exactly. And something that's also key is that with these federal investigators, not a lot of information comes out. And we really only knew something about the status back in May. I, I was making calls as I normally do, and I talked to some state lawmakers who were, who were interviewed by the FBI and several other individuals involved 
in this probe and they said, well, you know, I was asked about the nursing homes and also the relationship between the governor and his staffers and then also the book deals. That's another part of it. And that's something that Attorney General Letitia James said that is still ongoing and also separate and apart. This investigation into whether or not the governor uh, misused state resources to produce his $5.1 million book uh, pandemic era memoir, American Crisis. Mm -hmm. So again, next couple weeks, I guess we will see whether or not the legislature proceeds forward, and that starts in the assembly, and then it will go to the Senate, a trial in the Senate, and then after that, um, you know, that's, it's a lot of time also for it the governor to think. Time. And this will be would be the first impeachment in over then over a century back to when we had William Sulzer. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the legislature, Daryl. How are state lawmakers reacting to this report? We had a lot of them calling yeah. the governor to resign back in March when all of this was getting started. What are they saying now? Well, I would like to draw a correlation. The first time I was on this show in studio before I work here in January between <laughs> the AG's first report about the nursing homes and this one. We see a pattern of gaslighting from the administration that is frustrating to lawmakers and to reporters because for, I mentioned you on that last show in January because you were asking repeatedly about the nursing home thing and hate it or love it, the underdog is on top now because you're vindicated what you were trying to get at. The AG has now fortified as, okay, there's something to this. Same drill here and everyone is seeing it now. So they're frustrated and they need to move forward. Do you think there's any universe, Daryl, where the governor does not resign, is somehow not impeached, and then runs for a fourth term? There is a universe. Unfortunately, we saw that universe a little bit last month, I think it was, with the Diana Richardson bit. She called for him to step down, but also defended him, which was bizarre. There's a weird, like, Stockholm Syndrome kind of bit there. Zelnor Myrie, same drill. He wasn't quite as forceful as far as defending the governor, but if you have someone who is radioactive, frankly, and people are not afraid to be seen with them, it's like, okay, what can we actually do to take this guy out? I could not imagine how lawmakers feel now. The ones that seem to, like, get a little bit closer to the governor for a few months now, he certainly made inroads with members of the legislature that may have allowed him to avoid impeachment, but obviously after the report, it does not look like that's an option. So we'll leave it there. Bernadette Hogan from the New York Post, our own Daryl Camp, thank you both so much. And obviously, I think there is a lot to get through in the next couple of weeks. A lot will happen. So tune in to next week's New York Now. Thanks for watching this week's New York Now. Have a great week and be well.